Welcome everyone to The Point. My name is Jeff Spikes. I'm your host and happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. I hope you're ready for the holidays and for the end of the year and seeing family. If you're not seeing family, I hope you're ready for relaxing and thinking, choosing thoughts of positive ideations and memories of all the holidays that have come before. Now, I say choose our thoughts because, you know, I've learned over time, one of the, I, one of, a very valuable lesson I learned over time was that the power of choice and the ability to choose, if I have a less than desirable memory, a memory that just keeps coming up and I keep re, revisiting and it brings misery or some type of negative, uh, unresourceful emotion. And just has me, you know, feeling less than I'd, you know, less than I'd prefer to feel. If, you know, I have a choice to detach from the story that I keep repeating, the story that caused the emotions, the story that gave me reactions, and I could choose to focus instead in the lessons that the experience had to deliver. And really, the emotions teach me that there's a lesson available and I'm able to make a decision at that point to experience the lesson and live in the memory of the lesson or to rehash, rehearse, or recycle the same thing over and over and over. Coming from a background where I had some abuse and some trauma I was very attached to those stories as part of my identity. Man, it was just part of who I was. The, not so much what had happened as much as it was that I had overcome and that it had caused issues and given me reason to behave poorly or anything else. And, and it, was, it was offensive for someone to tell me that the story didn't matter that they didn't really want to get into the story, but they could help me on some level or not. It felt invalidating. And because it was part of who I was. And, and, and then I learned that I could move forward with the lesson instead of the, instead of the rehearsing the history. And it was a great moment of freedom. Now it, for me, quite a bit of time for me to get to the point where I could listen, where I was open enough to hear that and not feel invalidated and I, to, to listen when I felt invalidated and not feel threatened or upset or something else and, and put up an affront. So <clears throat> that's something I'm extremely grateful for today. Now, in hindsight, looking at the holidays, I used to think about the holidays, rehearse times in my life when it wasn't as nice as I'd like it to be, and I had these stories to be sad or upset or something else. And I basically automated the ideations and the belief systems around me needing attention from someone or getting attention because I was hurting. And thank God people loved me, right? It was, uh, And I was okay to be around a group of people, and I was able to find people to be around and be okay. And even in those times, find joy, find peace, find freedom, find laughter. And what a relief. 
But until I made the decision to stop letting those things manage my control my life moving forward, rehearsing it was like reinvigorating. It was like letting it all happen all over again was what I started thinking. And once I realized I could replace it with the lesson, not necessarily replace it as if it never happened, but that it was more validating to just acknowledge facts and then take the lesson. And to take the lesson instead of taking the misery, I was actually victorious. That was the victory. Nothing else was a victory than just learning the lesson I got to learn, was meant to learn, and live a new life. So here's what we're talking about today. Now, we're not going to delve into the history of the past and everything else. We work quite a bit in our company to, as these thing, types of things come up for executives or work groups or anything else that we're working on with, we, we do our best to be present and available to help people look for the lessons in their life and find ways to move forward so that they don't have to repeat the, the unresourceful consequences of different experiences they had in life that they would have rather maybe not had, right? Because as soon as we learn the lesson, we can rejoice from any experience because now we learned what we needed to from it. We were able to move on victorious. So that being said, I'm, I'm going to talk today again about gratitude. And we're going to talk about, I wrote, I wrote some notes because I want to make sure that I don't miss anything. And I also brought these papers that I help people with. Um, and I'm not going to show you the papers too much, but I'm going to talk about the difference and the, and the evolution of what's happened with gratitude over the years. Um, this, when we come through Thanksgiving, I'll be entering the, my 20th year as a certified, or not as certified, but as a coach using the what used to be called Strengths Finder that's now Clifton Strengths. And I, I don't know, I, I realized that a few months ago and I was like, wow, this is cool. Um, and it just felt like a benchmark, right? And um, this gratitude, this idea of gratitude, I've been working with at probably longer. And, you know, we started years ago saying three things that, that we're grateful for and writing them down and sharing them with another person on a daily basis for 30 days. And over time, I had heard that not only, that was a great practice, but then at some point I heard that someone had measured some type of a difference in how we process things in our brain and our brain chemistry when we practice gratitude in that way for 30-plus days. And um, that was great. But then we started to look for other ways to make it greater. And one of the most important things I found in gratitude was the difference between sensing, having, feeling gratitude, noticing gratitude, and expressing gratitude, finding ways to express it. Now, when we start to begin to understand how we process as individuals, and are we more verbal or are we more tactical, tactile and, and kinesthetic, and are we, vi or are we visual, are we auditory? When we start thinking about, and I'm a verbal processor, so when we start thinking about it, everyone could have a different way of expressing and helping deliver it quickly into their system. And But expression is the major difference. And it brought to mind, as I was thinking about Thanksgiving and things to be grateful for, some of the things that are confusing. 
Okay. I have heard for years one camp say affirmations are awesome and they work, and another camp say affirmations don't work. Another one says visualization is good, another one says visualization is bad, and it doesn't work. Um, so people talk about the difference between fantasy and it, in, in neurological studies. There's a few things that have been tested. Uh, Huberman had a podcast recently where he talked about some of the studies his colleagues at Stanford had done about rewarding ourselves and children and ourselves. But they used some control groups that were children where they rewarded effort over the win, right? Over the actual uh, goal they attained, right? So instead of you're an amazing uh, you're 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 great at football. You're an amazing pianist. You are, um, you know, you, to say, wow, you are playing a lot. You are putting a lot into your piano right now and practicing. And that kids that are rewarded on the result. There you go. The result. The trophy. The win. Or just being great. You're so smart. You're so. Those are worth the kinds of things. If they are rewarded on the result, they tend to be less effective and back up from responsibility. Whereas if they're rewarded on the effort, they, te- they were remarkably more enthusiastic about taking on more and trying more and working, you know, working towards something more. And that was, that was interesting to me because affirmations are the same way. Now there's camps that'll say, Reward them for what they did, what they went for the result, and some they'll say reward them for the effort. You know, effort's only so good. And I'm going to present something today in the light of gratitude, in the light of thanksgiving, and in the light of us all coming together into, you know, in the holidays, we tend to see people and spend time in reflection with others that we don't throughout the rest of the year necessarily. And that's true for some and not for others, but it tends to be more true than not. So, one of the things we find is we find opposing opinions and views on some things, more so than other times of the year. And I'm going to say that something really bold here. I want, I want to be open this year to noticing that opposing ideas might both be right. And, we'll, and rather than walk into arguments of semantics and then even saying, well, we're just having a difference on semantics, not even going there and just learning what can we agree with in what others are saying. And then how can we present whatever it is we're saying along with what they're agreeing? And if we're not reactionary, and if we're in the mindset of learning from learning from our situations, not emoting from, but actually learning lessons from, from any situation we're in rather than feeling um, of course, feeling and sensing is part of how we know to pay attention for a lesson. I'm not saying not to emote, just saying use it as a trigger to think of what you're meant to learn instead of using it as a trigger for a behavior to say something or do something reactive. Change that reaction towards an introspection of, oh, I'm meant to learn something from this. What is it? And use it as an opportunity to open. Now, affirmations is a great one because affirmations absolutely 
have been proven by some to not work. And at the same time, if done well, they work fantastically. So affirmations are a great example of what I'm, I'm talking about because in some neurological studies, um, there are there are studies that say that affirmations don't work. And that's in some of the old sense of how we used to do affirmations, that's that that's true. And I think we knew it didn't work then. A lot of a lot of people were trying it, but in the in the eighties, I want to say, affirmations for me were a big thing. And what I learned about affirmations were is that if I repeat is I use them very specifically to counter negative negative self-talk. Affirmations were used specifically as a way of me countering negative self-talk. So if I said something negative to myself, I was taught that if I could repeat the opposite to myself, I needed to repeat it 10 times to counter the one time I said the, the unresourceful reinforcement. So not we're completely safe and healthy and of good mind and spirit right now. And everyone listening, everyone watching, is we're all in a great place. We're all in a solid standard place. And these ideas and thoughts are only here for discussion. So as, I, as we discuss, I'll say... For example, in a negative, in a negative self-talk, man, you're stupid. And I go, whoa, wait, okay, stop. Jeff, you, Jeff, are smart. I, Jeff, am smart. I, Jeff, am smart. I am smart. I am smart. Jeff is smart. I, and I, I can repeat it at least 10 times to counter the ideation of what I had said. Now, does that work or does it not work? It worked for me. So I've heard some people tell me to that what worked for me was the intense and intentional focus, in, intense and intentional focus toward noticing when I had something to say to myself that was that supported a more a less resourceful emotional state, and and of course then I just said it was negative if I was beating myself up, um, or if I was turning towards using language and I, and that was positive that that noticing that and then feeling it and gauging it that in itself is what helped turn around but regardless it worked right so that worked now at the same time people were using affirmations to say things like i'm an astronaut i'm an astronaut on you know, December, by the end of December of 1989, I will be an astronaut. I will be accepted by NASA. Well, I had a pretty, I may have been able to do that at that age, okay? <clears throat> um, that wasn't where I was going or my choice. My point being is that it was still unlikely that I could do that, which makes it a less realistic thing, and it's a fantasy. And what has been measured now over the years is that when you put so, some type of fantasy in and just repeat it over and over, it can become demotivating. And it can actually, based on studies of many people doing this, it can actually demotivate and have us less effective and less feeling less motivated and less desired to motivate. So now we have 
affirmations work, affirmations don't work. Well, today, we'll, the, we'll also say that an affirmation towards something that someone thinks is a fantasy could also just be a judgment. Who says it's a fantasy? Once you decide it's a fantasy or that it's out of reach, right? Because there's a difference between out of reach and fantasy. Once we determine something may be out of reach, for whatever reason, now we can say, well, what are the behaviors that would help me get there? So if the affirmation is focused on the behaviors I need to achieve that, that seems unattainable, now I can be more motivated because an affirmation towards an attainable thing we can do in the moment, the behavior that leads to something, if we can affirm the, re- the reinforcement of repetitive action, now affirmations work again. So it's more about how they work and how they don't work. But both statements could be true, that they work or that they don't work. It's all in how we use them. Visualization is very similar. We can sit and breathe and visualize having a trillion dollars. And, of course, someone might say, well, who needs a trillion dollars, right? Um, I hear that so much. And the question is, yeah, who does? Right? Somebody with an ideation or a dream or something big enough to need that type of resource to get to accomplish what they want to accomplish is going to need that. So it's, and that's a much bigger conversation than the, just this, what we can cover here today in this podcast where we're focused on Thanksgiving and gratitude and opposing ideas and how to really drive home the gratitude and stay in a zone and not let these competing ideas and things that people are saying affect us negatively. How not to lose our emotional resourcefulness because when we're in a room with a lot with a with more than ourselves and there whoever has the strongest emotional frame wins. So if if you if we can walk into a room and have a kind loving emotional frame And if it's stronger than anything else, that will win because the strongest emotional frame wins. I I know people where, you know, we can blow our top, we can get upset. Well, and if that becomes the strongest emotional frame in the room, then that one wins, right? And then everyone's like, oh no. And there's like a reaction to that. Well, that doesn't have to win. So knowing that and having... Confidence in that is another affirmation. Now, there's also the idea idea that I don't expect to have to or to be around anything other than emotional resourcefulness. And there is, I, I'm kind of excited to walk into these to the holidays and to be around people and to be part of positive conversations and uplifting and kindness and thankfulness and giving and it's really quite beautiful and 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 I'm I'm excited about it this year. So that being said, gratitude in these ways begins to amplify. Okay? So gratitude amplifies in a number of different ways. Gratitude will amplify positivity. So if we're if we're 
talking about something from the standpoint of what's good about it, gratitude will amplify that. If we're talking about it as far as, so we want to stay toward motivated and in our discussions more about toward what we want because we want to stay towards what we want, the positive. If we talk about what being grateful for what we don't want, we could still be reinforcing what we don't want. However, we can do that. It's just let's you know try and turn our focus towards what we do want instead. So if, we, if it's important for us to mention something that we've moved past, come, come, from, come beyond in the last year, something that we're leaving behind, let's make sure to, to keep in our framework what we want instead and, and talk about that as our close or as, as an ongoing, as what we have ongoing. Another thing that will be amplified by gratitude is healing. So if we're in any type of a situation where there's the potential for healing, gratitude will intensify that. It'll amplify it, right? So Joe Dispenza talks a great deal about the expression and this embodiment of gratitude, this way of breathing and, and, and using our thoughts in a positive way to reinforce gratitude and grow gratitude is part of the formula of what it takes to teach someone to allow its body to heal itself. And, and he's, you know, he's my first experience with Joe Dispenza was, was with his book, the placebo effect, which I later heard him say in an interview, I don't think he used the word embarrassed, but he might've, it was more that, you know, he almost looks back, he looks back on that sometimes and wishes, you know, he had known more then because not all of it's, he, he doesn't agree with it all anymore. So much has changed as they've learned more that he sees how, I think the word he uses, he sees how limited it was. And, and it's where he got to start. Takes me back to last week when we were talking about just starting, right? If you have something you really want to start, just do it. Just start. Because if we value that, we'll get started. And that becomes a benchmark. So we can become grateful for the benchmark and for starting something, no matter how good we are. And gratitude will amplify. Amplify and allow and, 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 allow and support a continuance of the positive and of the good, right? So another thing that it will amplify is the resourcefulness. So if we're looking to be in... in in an emotionally resourceful space, then gratitude will amplify our resourcefulness. When we are in the expression of gratitude, it's very difficult to not find flow. It's, and it's key to finding flow with whatever else is going on. This trust that it, no matter how it might look to me in my purview, in my view of, and, and also based on how my thoughts are of how it could be in a critical sense, right? Because we still do have a critical mind that might look for places something might go awry, might go wrong, might not work the way we want it to. And we think of those sometimes to really think through how to counter that and keep it from happening. That is also a place that can 
keep us less resourceful. So if we've, if we've made a space to work through all that and allow our critical mind to work, and then we take the lessons forward, gratitude now amplifies our resourcefulness because we can trust and know that we worked through all the possibilities of things that might get in our way and we can feel confident and we can affirm back to affirmations the behaviors that we're doing in a consistent basis that lead to what we want. So gratitude's an incredible energy and an incredible way of moving forward. In the sheets that I use when, I, when I'm working with clients and we're, we're trying to unpack for someone gratitude, the sheets always have something that I like putting on the top. And these are all meant for a full day. Now, one of them starts in the morning and ends at night, and the other one starts at night and ends the next night. So it kind of starts a day before ending or as we end the one. Right? We start basically the morning in how we sleep. And I believe in doing that because I believe that the sleep I'm having tonight is to prepare me for tomorrow. It is also meant to restore me from yesterday. But if there isn't, you know, tomorrow is what it's preparing me for. So, and when, while my mind is in that rest, while my body's in that rest and I'm healing, the unconscious, all of the other things can go to work. And that's when there's huge gains made. So, you know, we started, what is the intention or inspiration for the day? And that's on the top of both sheets that I use. But on one of them, we just start in the morning and set a goal. And we set a goal for that day, something that we want to attain that is important, that, that is good for us to have done. If it, it, it's good if it has a little bit of teeth to it, but, and sometimes it's really seemingly small, but if it's just, if I don't get it done, it, it's important, right? So, and so it could be mailing something. For me, I, if I haven't mailed something in a few days, it's like, oh my gosh, that has to be mailed because it starts hanging over me. So whatever it is, it doesn't have to be big. It's just an intention, right? Now it might be more spiritual. It might be more factual, Whatever it is, what's the intention? Now, as we go through that, we have the goal, and we set the goal for the day, and then we look for three things to be grateful for, just like before. But the difference is we start looking at how will we express those ideas of gratitude into the world today. Now, as we look at how we're going to express gratitude, another thing that I have people list, and I list myself, is one person I'm going to share with what I'm grateful for. Now, sometimes I do that differently. Sometimes I do that just with one person with one thing. Sometimes I will share everything I'm grateful for with someone. But I plan sharing gratitude with someone. Now, later at the end of the day, I always look for, because I expect unexpected. Miracles happen and unexpected happens, and I list I look for and find three things ever then to list unexpected things that happened. And then I look for what type of success grab gratitude and positivity has brought into my life. And then I at night do a little bit of an evaluation of how do, how did I feel today when I was expressing that? And if I was having feelings outside of that, 
Maybe the unexpected thing shook me a little bit and had me feeling different. What did I feel like? How did that happen? And what did I turn around? And and is there anything that I experienced today that I'd like to learn from? There's usually something. Now, that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is very similar, but we just start in the evening. And we start at night kind of evaluating our day looking for things we were grateful for, decide what we want on tomorrow. I like to think through on the, on what's the inspiration is oftentimes like to write there a question I have. I'd like to have answered something. I don't feel super clear on that. I'd like clarity. I think of it as a question right before I go to bed in that last half hour. I just think through, man, what, what is the answer to this question? And I look for an answer in the morning. You know, some of the greats of, of, you know, of over the years, I've heard say, man, if you do that, you might have to do it for a week or two, but you'll get an answer if you keep going. And I think somebody said two weeks, somebody, you know, that I respected, it's been a long time. was like two weeks. I always have an answer within two weeks and that's a long time. Right. But, and it's usually within a, within a day or two, I get a lot of answers the next morning. If I ask the question. But I also, when I lose something, if I lose my keys, if I stop and sit down and ask my unconscious self, where are they? Where was the last place I remember having them? And then take me to where I left them. I, it's amazing. Relax, breathe, listen to my intuition, and it comes. So funny how this works, right? And in the simplest of ways, kind of like Joe Dispenza getting his start looking at the placebo effect, and now he's running workshops all over the world helping people learn to tap into the energy within themselves that's connected to the universe that allows their body to naturally heal. And he's been able, from what I understand, I haven't seen it with my own two eyes, but from what I understand, he's been able to measure brain waves and learn what's happening in the brain while we're reaching these emotional states that allow our bodies to heal. So he's putting some measurement and science to things that we were talking about at the 1800s and thought of as kooks. <laughs> so um, it's kind of interesting. So it's Thanksgiving week. We've made it through another year to Thanksgiving. And... I think it's really valuable to count everything we can that we're thankful for. There's so many things, no matter where we're from, there's so many things we can find to be grateful for. And here, if you're listening to this and you're here on this continent, it's, we have so much to be grateful for. If you're in this country, there's even more. So we just keep adding, stacking things to be grateful for. And I think it's, it's unending the things that we can be grateful for. Now we can choose what we want. We can choose to focus on anything, but if you find that there's something that is create some feelings that make you less resourceful rather than more resourceful, I want to encourage you that there's a different way. There is a different way and you can feel more validated and Nurture yourself better 
and acknowledge yourself in a really vibrant way and learn to grab hold of the lessons that life has to teach us and use that as your platform platform to move forward to the next day. It can change everything because that's how we carry forward what's best for us. That's how we carry forward thankfulness and gratitude. So no matter what you think about Thanksgiving, it's now has become a national, it's always been a national um, holiday and activity based on a lot of history stuff. Some, some not so accurate, some more picture painted, right? But regardless of any of that, it is now a day that every year we come to, to find thankfulness and gratitude for everything around us. And there's a lot of that. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And if you're looking to talk about anything that I've said today, if you're looking to learn more about how to move past and how to move into the future that you desire, and the today that you dream of, the moment that you would love to have right here, right now, that is unencumbered, where you feel, another word I love, unencumbered and imperturbable. (laughs) Make it about gratitude and have a happy Thanksgiving. Love your family. If you're not with your immediate family, love the family you're choosing to love. Wrap your arms around who you're with. Tell them you're grateful for them. And if you're alone, pick up the phone. If you're alone, pick up the phone and call someone. Even if it's a hotline, doesn't matter. Just call and say something you're grateful for and share. Peace to everyone, and we will see you next week. And let's close this year strong. And that is The Point. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of The Point with me, Jeff Spikes. The greatest compliment you could give me is liking, loving, and sharing this episode with all your friends. So please, if you're on Spotify, iHeart, or iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Make sure to tag me. I love hearing from you, the listeners of this show. The links for all my social and iTunes are in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to engage with me in anything related to my coaching, consulting, speaking, or programs, please visit jeffspikes.com. For everything you would need to know to engage with me offline. And lastly, thank you for your time, your attention, and your consideration. This is The Point.